Welcome to the Wild Soul Cast. I'm your host, Anna Kinkela. This is a sacred space where we hold deep conversations on spirituality, conscious leadership, feminism, creativity, and how to more meaningfully and intentionally nurture connection within ourselves and with others. another episode of the Wild Soul Cast. This is your host, Anna Kinkela, and today in episode 11, we are going to be talking about the inner critic and how the inner critic voice within your mind can often become one of the biggest blocks to you inhabiting and embodying your power, your truth, and how you can start to develop a different relationship with the inner critic that then will create more space for you to act and feel more embodied in yourself and more embodied in the vision that you want to bring into the world. Let's start the conversation by talking about what the inner critic really is and what the inner critic sounds like. The inner critic is a part of your ego that essentially gives you the message that what you're doing isn't enough, that how you are showing up isn't good enough, that you're not good enough. It's a constant stream of critique about either what you're creating, how you're not creating, what you're doing at any point in time. And so it's really this very critical voice within you that can oftentimes be very mean, very abrasive, and pretty harsh. Every high-achieving visionary woman that I've worked with has this voice. That voice can often push you forward and can sometimes actually help you achieve because it is criticizing you so much that you essentially just do what the inner critic within you tells you to do. It makes you work harder, makes you push harder, it makes you create more and more, it makes you do, do, do. And so oftentimes you actually have some positive external results from having that voice be present within your experience. However, what's happening on an internal level is that you are inadvertently creating this division within yourself. Oftentimes the inner critic actually is speaking more to this ego part of you rather than to the wildness within you, the soul that's within you, the intuition that gives you direction. And so there's a division that begins to happen between you and your own intuition. And what that does in the long run is it really creates a lot of distrust within you. Like, how can I really trust my inner compass, my intuitive sense, if the inner critic is always telling me that the direction that intuition wants me to take is not enough, that I'm not doing enough, right? The other piece that tends to happen is that 
the inner critic becomes so loud in your mind, the more and more you listen to the inner critic especially, that it starts to drown out your intuition. And so for a lot of women, we get into the space of we can't actually hear our true voice, our true self, our intuitive self within us anymore. We can't distinguish the difference between the intuition and what our truth is and what's in alignment for us and the voice of the inner critic. The voice of the inner critic tends to drown quite a bit out because it causes such an emotional response within you. A lot of what the inner critic communicates with you are these pieces that really go back to you are not enough, you are not lovable, you are not successful, and you're never going to succeed. And those messages really hit us deeply. They really hit us deeply in our emotional core. And the emotions then start to take over. And a lot of what tends to happen for women in this space is they start to avoid themselves more and more. Because whenever they stop, whenever they come to a place of stillness within them through meditation or you know journaling or any other thing that kind of helps them to slow down, what they discover is that they hear this inner critic voice so strongly that causes them so much pain that they just start to kind of deflect and they start to avoid themselves. And so they spend less time being with themselves and more time doing, 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 doing. Because the doing then yields the positive external results that they're looking for on some level, right? So there's some positive reinforcement that's happening there. But in the long run, what it's doing is it's creating a huge division within you. And eventually those action steps that you take, those do, do, do pieces that you start to take, that's informed by the inner critic, end up taking you into a space of misalignment within yourself. So you take all these action steps, you do all of these things that, you know, take you on the kind of career path that you think you should be doing. You know, you create offerings that you think you should be creating, that you think is going to generate you money, that you think is going to generate you success, right? And you just do, 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 but you don't tune in enough. You don't follow the inner wisdom within. And then you end up so misaligned with who you really are and with what your true mission is. Because you haven't been listening to yourself. You've been listening to the voice of the inner critic that's been driving you so, so hard. And this is ultimately where a lot of women come to me because they end up being very confused and lost. And they end up being in a space where they don't know what their inner voice sounds like. They can't really discern between what their ego is telling them and what their intuition is telling them. And they tend to be in a place of just taking action and doing, but not knowing how to truly stop and just be within themselves. And so the the constant action of doing, doing, doing actually gets them to a place of burnout where they feel exhausted, where they feel completely disconnected within themselves and where they're just doing things in their life in order to check them off the list because they know that they're supposed to do them. 
And whenever we're in the space of disconnection from our life, where we're going down a list and checking off the to-do list, but we're not actually emotionally and soulfully engaging with every part of our life, we really start to feel that disconnection. We start to feel unhappy. And the more it doesn't matter how many things we have in our life, right? It doesn't matter how many achievements we have, how much money we have, any of that. All that we feel is just this empty space and this hollowness and this disconnection within us. And when we're disconnected within ourselves, it doesn't matter what we have externally, we're still suffering internally. And this often becomes one of the biggest blocks to embodiment is that you're so much in your head, in your head space, listening to all the voices in there, whether it's the inner critic or someone else, that it's really hard for you to drop into your experience and just feel what you're feeling and allowing yourself to lead from that space, to lead from an embodied space. So when we talk about embodied leadership, it means learning how to lead with your intuition while using your head in the process. It's an integration of the two. It's not choosing one or the other, it's integrating both. There's definitely a lot of different voices that can be playing out in your head, a lot of different parts of you, but I find that the inner critic is probably one of the most predominant parts of ourselves that consistently rise to the surface for most women, and that the inner critic really has its roots in past experiences that have been really painful for us in our life, um, places where we've felt that we're not enough, times where we've felt that we're not lovable. And the inner critic rises as a protector of sorts to help keep us in line so we don't have to feel the rejection. So we don't have to feel like we're not loved or like we're enough. So it's protecting us by keeping us doing, doing, doing the things that are going to ensure that other people from the outside validate our successes or validate that we're doing well or validate that we're high achievers and that we're not failing in life, right? And so the inner critic ends up being this gatekeeper that even though there's a lot of painful consequences in the mind to hearing its voice, there are also positive external benefits to it because it keeps you doing and going and achieving and it can even yield external results that reinforce in your external environment that you're not a failure, right? That you are where you quote unquote should be that you're achieving what you should be achieving in your career or in your life or whatever that is for you, right? However, the problem becomes when that voice never stops telling you that you're a failure, when that voice never stops telling you that you're not doing enough, that you are not enough, no matter what you achieve, no matter what you do. And so there's a constant sense of internal dissatisfaction and there's a constant running away from hearing that voice, hearing that dialogue within yourself. Because as human beings, we all self-identify and trust the voice that we hear in our heads. We 
consider the thoughts that we have every day as facts. We believe them. It's part of our human experience. And yet, there's also a space that gets created here where you can shift your human experience by identifying the voices that show up, by identifying the ego parts that show up, and really start to work with those parts of you to gradually then shift your relationship with them, to gradually shift how they are showing up and why they're showing up and how they're directing your life and business. So the whole idea when we talk about the inner critic is to understand more about it, to allow ourselves to not just step into the eye all the time, so see through the lens of the inner critic, but to be able to really step into the observer self, recognize it as a voice, as a part of us that comes into the picture when perhaps there's a fear of failure or a fear of being seen or a fear of being vulnerable, right? And being able to recognize that it is a voice, that it's a part of us and that there's a reason why that part of us is there. So not shaming that part, understanding that there's a reason that part of us is there and then becoming really curious about it, becoming curious about what the inner critic is there to protect you from. Usually when I first start working with clients, they're in the space where they're battling their inner critic. And this is really common for all of us because the inner critic is usually very mean. And if you're avoiding something, you're definitely not trying to become friends with it. Right. So there's this natural like push and pull that happens between that part and yourself. And so it it really just does become a battle. It becomes a power play of who's going to win this. Can I drown out my inner critic or is my inner critic going to drown me out? Right. And so the more that we battle with different parts of ourselves, the more of a power struggle there is. And the more that power struggle then leads to that voice just getting stronger and stronger power struggles, even if you think about it in relationships, you know, one person is yelling at the other person and then that other person gets louder and yells at the other person and everyone just starts to yell louder and louder and louder until you can't understand or hear anything. And so this is often why there's actually so much confusion and feelings of being lost because there's been such an internal battle for so long that you can't really hear any parts of yourself. This can be especially true with the inner critic because the inner critic really knows how to sucker punch you in the gut. It knows all of the spaces that trigger you and it brings all of those to the surface. So when the inner critic comes into the room and if you've been battling with the inner critic for a while, there is a sense that it's drowning out every other voice within you, including the highest self and including your intuition. So when it comes to shifting the relationship that you have with the inner critic, it's all about first acknowledging that the inner critic is coming into your awareness and that it is a voice, that it is not you, that it's a voice within you. And then really developing a relationship with the inner critic that's not based on power struggle, that's not based on I'm going to avoid you and drown you out when you show up, but I'm going to meet you 
where you are and listen to what's happening in that space and become curious about you and really aim to know that part of yourself. I think whenever we're in doubt, we should turn to the energy of curiosity to acknowledge what's happening in that space within us, why it's there, and what that part of us needs. So the inner critic is often a protector, and the inner critic comes from a part of us that's been wounded in some way. And oftentimes it goes back to inner child wounding that hasn't been resolved. Pieces of the inner child that haven't been witnessed and that haven't been seen and that haven't been healed. And so the inner critic is often an entryway into going into deeper relationship with that part of yourself, with the inner child, and then giving that part what it needed to have. There is a huge energetic shift that happens when you are able to show up for all of these different parts of yourself. And when you're able to actually have a conversation with the inner critic and work through things with the inner critic versus shutting down, avoiding, battling it, or just feeding into it more by listening to what it's telling you, by following its advice and ignoring your inner knowing. When it comes to you and the inner critic, it's all about you learning how to reclaim your own voice and stand in your own truth and recognize your intuition and trust your intuition. The inner critic does a really good job of convincing you that what your intuition, what your wildness is suggesting to you, what it has to share with you is not good enough, that it's not going to meet your high standards, that it's going to end up in you somehow failing or becoming visible and becoming so vulnerable that other people start to take you down, judge you, right, lash out against you. And so it has all of these stories, all of these fears in its back pocket, and it does what it can to discredit the intuitive inner voice, because at the end of the day, what your intuitive inner voice is telling you to do is generally taking you way out of your comfort zone, because what it's communicating to you is your deeper vision, your deeper knowing, your deeper desires, and There's so many facets of our consciousness that want to protect us. And for good reason. We've had experiences throughout our lives that have made us feel judged, that have, you know, hurt us. Times where we've felt that we've failed and we've taken that on ourselves. And so all these different parts of ourselves have developed as a result of us trying to just keep ourselves liked, keep ourselves loved, keep ourselves in in a space that we know how to navigate. And the inner critic is doing exactly that. It's trying to keep you in the zone where if you just continue to do, 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 you know you're going to get a certain result from that. There's comfort in that. But as soon as you step into being, 
then the game changes because then you have to actually be with yourself. You have to be with your thoughts. You have to be with all of the voices. And that creates a lot of overwhelm, a lot of frustration, and quite frankly, just a lot of avoidance as a result. You run away from yourself because it's uncomfortable to be with those parts of yourself. Once you can start to be with the inner critic, different doors open up to you. And some of those doors mean doors into deeper spaces of wounding that need to be looked at and healed before the inner critic can really have less of an an intense presence in your awareness. And some of it is just actually you being able to sit with the inner critic, to hear what it has to say, and to develop in your relationship with that part so that you start to diffuse from the story that that part of you is telling you. Once you begin to develop a relationship and once you start to talk to that part of yourself, the power dynamics of your relationship begin to shift. So instead of fighting against each other, you're meeting in a neutral space and having conversation with one another. And when that starts to change and how you are meeting that part, then you really have the power to decide what part of you is going to drive the bus. You are starting to gain more control over how that part and whether that part is directing your life and business. The other piece that can be hard to let go of is the part of the inner critic that actually motivates you and that helps you to get stuff done. And sometimes there's a lot of fear in shifting the relationship that you have with that part of yourself because there's some fear that you won't be successful, that you won't be as motivated, that you won't really get things done. And what does it mean for you then to be able to sink more into the space of being and not always doing? And so there is some fear of making that transition and really being with yourself in that way. And that comes back to allowing yourself to develop the inner trust required in order to let yourself be, knowing at the same time that the being is not going to make everything else fall apart. And so the deep inner trust that's required of you in that space is something that you develop over time. It's something that you can nurture within you. And the more that you listen to your intuitive voice, the more you discern the intuitive voice from the inner critic. And the more you choose it, the more you trust it, the more that inner trust begins to develop and solidify and creates a container then for you to begin to really sink into the being and trusting that it's okay. And that if you let, you know, the the reins go, so to speak, that nothing bad will happen. There's going to be no horrible consequences to that. Because the whole point in developing a different relationship with the inner critic is for you to start feeling differently about yourself, really tapping into your worth and your wholeness and your capability, your 
acknowledge everything that you have to share, that it's not coming from the space of I don't know enough or I'm not ready enough, but I am ready now. I am worthy now. I'm capable now. I can do this now and I can be successful. So the inner critic can also really play the role of being a huge blocker to you taking action steps in your business because you're always waiting to perfect it more. You're always waiting to maybe take another training or do something that is going to get you quote unquote there. And the reality is, is that you are already here. You are already in a space where you are enough. You have enough to share what you know is good enough and you can help someone, right? But the inner critic sometimes lends that voice that tries to tell you, you need more things, you need more time, you need more money, you need more whatever it is in order to get to where you're going. And it's not true. You know, you are already whole, you're already good enough, you don't need more things. It's more about tapping into the inner power, your own power that you already have within you. And stripping away the layers that stand between you and your inner power. And one of them is for sure the inner critic. The inner critic is, like I said, that protector that doesn't allow you to really witness the power that's already within you that prevents you from actually embodying that power and feeling good enough to be wherever you are. Perfectionism and the inner critic are also very closely related, if sometimes not the same part of your ego. And that's something for each person to kind of tune in individually because sometimes the perfection can sound differently than the inner critic and sometimes they sound the same. But oftentimes the inner critic really uses the guise of perfectionism to keep you where you are. Because on the surface, perfectionism has good intentions. So it tells you that it just wants you to give the best value to people. It wants you to be truly ready. It doesn't want you to hurt anyone. It wants you to show the best work possible to other people. And so there is this surface level good intention that perfectionism has, which makes it then an easy out for you, an easy excuse as to why you're not ready and why you're not able to do the work and why you're not able to show up. But in reality, it's just another facet of the inner critic that's showing up and telling you, you're not good enough yet. You need more work. You need X, Y, and Z in order to truly be where you want to be. And the number one thing that I see preventing people from truly being embodied in their leadership and embodied in their power is them taking action. A huge step of people taking action is to identify the blocks that keep them there and to release those blocks. And then what needs to follow after the release is the action step. And there's only so much internal work you can do before you have to shift into action or all of the internal work that you've done is kind of going to be backtracked in some ways because we're not helping to shift your external story through the action steps that you're taking. So it's always internal work plus action equals embodiment and also definitely involving the body in the process. And if there are some stuck pieces with the action part, 
then part of that is looking at, okay, what's stuck there? What part of me is showing up and blocking me? Is it the inner critic? Is it perfectionism? Is it shame? Is it fear of judgment? And all the while practicing walking with that part as you're doing the action. So it's acknowledging the fear as you're about to take action, talking to the fear, asking it to create space for you, and then taking the action and just ripping the Band-Aid off. Because you're never going to get to a place where it just like feels super comfortable until you actually do it multiple, multiple times and teach your body and teach your whole self that it's okay, that nothing bad is going to happen. So... The changes happen internally, yes. You have release internally. And we can identify other blocks that are showing up. And then that's your opportunity to really work with that part of you, that fear, that inner critic, as you're about to take action. And just allowing yourself to get into action mode, do it over and over again, until it becomes habitual, until it becomes more comfortable for you. So step one is recognizing that the inner critic is there and speaking to you and showing up in your awareness. Step two is sitting down with the inner critic, either in meditation or perhaps within the context of a journaling exercise where you are speaking and then you take turns having the inner critic speak on another page and opening up yourself to become curious about the inner critic, to understand where the inner critic comes from, to understand what it needs, why it's there, how it is serving and supporting you, and then also to create space for you to really voice how the inner critic is making you feel and what are some of the effects of the inner critic on your life and on your business and just create space for you to share your feelings with the inner critic and then observe how the inner critic reacts within that space. And then it's also really meeting the needs of the inner critic and perhaps finding a way to give the inner critic what it's looking for. And sometimes the inner critic actually doesn't feel very heard or seen. And that comes from, you know, oftentimes decades of you avoiding the inner critic and not seeing the inner critic. So... It's all about sometimes determining how can the inner critic feel seen. And when you start to take the mic and really start to take the power in your hands, you'll start to probably notice how the inner critic reacts to you differently and how it holds space within you differently. There's a lot of power that comes from you standing in your truth and speaking to the inner critic from that space. And oftentimes, in order for you to really speak in your truth when you're with the inner critic, you can invite the highest self into the room and borrow from her if you feel like you can't access that for whatever reason. It's very normal to have sometimes a stuck reaction with the inner critic or a freeze reaction with the inner critic because you've spent so much time avoiding them, because you've spent so much time running away from that part of you that it can be helpful to borrow from the highest self and really allow the highest self to be channeled through you when you speak to the inner critic. And then, of course, like I mentioned before, the inner critic is often an entryway into deeper parts of yourself, like the inner child, parts of you that have been wounded at some point, 
And then that can help you access deeper levels of healing with other parts of yourself that are longing to be integrated. Definitely when it comes to inner child work, that specifically is really good work to do with a mentor. There's only so much of this we can do independently within ourselves until there's some internal blockages that come up because there's so many parts of our ego that are trying to protect us from feeling the pain and the hurt of what we experienced as children, which totally makes sense. And so, you know, especially if you've had a history of trauma, those are really good things to do with either a therapist or a coach that can really provide the right kind of guidance and that can keep a safe space for you in order to do that work. So I think I can definitely recommend you do some of this initial work with the inner critic, but if it feels like there's deeper layers underneath there, if you have a history of trauma or deeper woundings that need to be witnessed, that is a really good thing to do with a therapist or a mentor who can hold the container and hold the space for you in a safe way. And then the final piece is really for you to start taking action from a soul aligned intuitive space. So when you create more room between you and the inner critic, it's about you choosing, making the conscious choice to listen to your intuitive voice and to trust your intuitive voice. And sometimes, like I said, you need to have a little bit more of a trust developing process with that part of you. And that can mean you taking smaller steps and trusting the intuitive voice in small ways till you can work yourself up to bigger things, right? Most of the women that I work with know that they quote unquote should be listening to their intuitive voice. They know that that's quote unquote the right thing to do. And one of the biggest places of struggle is confronting the fear that comes up with actually doing that and also really discerning what that intuitive voice is communicating to them, discerning what is really true for them. And on another level, it's really hard for us as individuals within our own experience to access the unconscious parts of ourselves, the unconscious parts of our ego that are showing up in this space because they're trying to protect us. And so when it comes to shadow work and definitely the inner critic is a huge piece of shadow work is that there are only so many things that we can recognize in how we walk in the world and how we are that we can consciously access and work on within ourselves. This is really where having a mentor that can help you pick through the obstacles that come up, the blocks that arise and why they're there is such an important part of you actually working through them and getting to the other side. So I really encourage you to take a deeper look at where you are seeing the inner critic showing up in your awareness, how that has been impacting your life and your business, and in what ways has the inner critic taken control over how you show up, what you put out into the world. And I think another important question is to really consider how the inner critic factors into you truly feeling like you are worthy, like you are enough, and whether that's part of what's blocking your embodiment of it. And I think I'm going to do a separate podcast on this, but 
you know, there's a difference between self-care and self-love. And there are so many women that perform self-care, but don't actually embody their self-love. And sometimes, oftentimes, the stuck point for many women is the inner critic who constantly feeds you these messages. And so whatever work that you've already done on your self-love journey, on your worthiness journey, sometimes might not actually be embodied for you because of the presence of the inner critic and how powerful the inner critic is. And that's something to look at because this has happened to me also personally where I've really been great at my self-care game. But, you know, when it came down to actually feeling embodied in my love, feeling embodied in my worth, feeling embodied in my enoughness, it wasn't clicking all the way. And a huge piece of that was learning how to work with the inner critic and allowing that process, that knowing to drop into my body and for me to do embodiment practices that also supported that work and also taking action steps and truly being in love with myself, finding worth within myself. And, you know, when you look at shadow work from this bird's eye view, shadow work is really a journey into your wholeness, into accepting all parts of yourself, into loving all parts of yourself. And sometimes not all of us can actually get to love um, in terms of love all parts of ourselves because some parts of ourselves can be hard to sit with. And I think it's, it's more about reaching a place of acceptance that this part is just a piece of you. It doesn't define you. It isn't who you are. It's a reflection of something that maybe happened to you in the past or... It's a part of you that's trying to protect you and generally has good intentions, right? And so that from that space, it has a very different energy than you actively fighting against it and hating it and rejecting it and pushing it away from you. So that is the core of what we're really trying to achieve through this work. I'd love to hear from you and just learn a little bit about what your personal experience has been with the inner critic and how that part of you has affected different areas of your life and or business. So please feel free to reach out. Let me know how this work is going for you and let me know if you have any questions about it. I am happy to help and be of service in any way that I can. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode. And please please do leave us a review if you are finding this podcast to be helpful. It really helps us to then find others who can benefit from this podcast, the more reviews that we have. So if you can just take five minutes to write a review and let us know that you're finding benefit from it, definitely recommend it. Send it to a friend who you know might struggle with the inner critic piece of themselves. And we'd love to hear from you. So thank you so much. And